You sound very moany today. Moany? What do you mean? It's <laughs> husky. Husky and moany, no. Oh, you mean moany, moany. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. on. Happy 69th episode, Zanro. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 69, bang on 69. Who would ever have ever thought it that we'd make it to 69? It was the bang on of 69. <laughs> Whoa, yay. Me and my Zanny and we're 69. I got my first real <laughs> podcast. Episode 69. And if you have, this is your first entry into Bang On. Welcome. And you see <laughs> I feel episode sorry for 69, you. Bang On and references to Bang Gang, Bang Fam and what have you, then you might think that you're in a podcast which you're not about to actually experience. So just a reminder, mm. if this is your first rodeo, if you're going bareback into this bang on oh. episode 69. Oh, Zan, taking it blue straight away. It is your catch up on the week of music, <laughs> art, life, culture, stuff and pleasure. And Zan, mutual Zan pleasure. regularly takes it blue immediately. <laughs> Miff and I giving each other mutual pleasure through conversation every single week, but particularly on this week. Of episode 69. Episode 69. Welcome, gather around. I knew I would. I was, it was so weird because I was talking to our bang boy earlier and he was like, what are you going to say? And mm. I said, we can't, you can't plan these things because every week when we sit down and have a catch up with each other, we don't plan anything. We say, okay, let's talk about these things, but mm. we have no idea what we're going to say. And I said, I can't crowbar anything in. But somehow, as soon as the mics go on. It was the, the magic absolute happens. Absolute filth. Yes. Absolute filth. Um, but happy 69th <laughs> to you. Happy 69th to you, Zan. <laughs> This is the whole podcast. I was just saying 69. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I had a, um, I went out for lunch with a friend last weekend. I was in the Southern Highlands, uh, bougie country area of New South Wales. It was beautiful. And I went to a fancy place for lunch and I got, I thought it was, fancy. A, it was, it was a cold, fancy. <laughs> it was a cold, cold day. And I thought, oh, I feel like a classic dish. So I ordered the dish and it was a sausage um, with mm. cabbage and stuff on And every time I said sausage, she just started giggling. And I think 69 is the same thing. It's so, so immature, but you can't stop. You just become 11 years old again. I know. Just giggle like a feel. That's brilliant, sausage. So, so silly. Sausage. Speaking of sausages. Well, oh, sausage quite, fests, in fact. The sausage fest. Yeah. Well, it's news on two fronts because this week Channel 10 has revealed a lineup for what they're calling pilot week. And this is a term we've probably heard before in TV, but the way that they're doing it is basically putting a whole bunch of new shows up over a week and then putting them to an audience vote. And there's eight new shows on the chopping block and then they're asking the audience to tell them what they want. It's a little bit like what the ABC did last year. Oh, with Fresh Blood. Yeah, with a whole bunch of comedy pilots, which I think is a really interesting concept. Uh, Putting it out there and the viewers decide what they like and then that program will get up depending on how many people like it, which, you know, it's a nice way to start things. It has support. It sets up supporters initially for a program, which I think is great. And if you love white, straight men, then you have just Mm. absolutely been spoiled to bits because that is who's representing uh, this Channel 10 Boys Club, as people are calling it, um, with eight male comedians and media personalities appearing. So you have, uh, what have you got? You've got Dave O'Neill doing a show, another comedian, Troy Kinn, uh, Reese Darby, who's of course from Flight of the Concords, and Stephen Curry are going to be in another show. Rove is back. He's a long-time part of the Channel 10 stable. Kyle Sanderlands. Mm. Um, he needs a mouthpiece, doesn't he? <laughs> He's really struggling. 
Uh, he, I really like to. I think he really needs to be put in a, in a place where there's, you know, <laughs> great initiative God, shown. It's horrible, just absolutely a way to completely ostracise one whole half of your, your audience as well. Uh, and also Sam Dastayari, who's not a comedian but does like the public eye, and not one woman. I just whenever I, I see these things, I'm like, how many people did it go through? Well, no, <laughs> didn't exactly say didn't say anything. And no disrespect to the gentlemen who are in the week, like nothing against someone like, them. Someone like Dave O'Neill's worked on his pilot. He's paid for it himself. He's done everything to make this happen himself. And he, you know, certainly deserves a spot. But at what point, yeah, did they say, maybe we haven't covered all our bases here. Maybe we should try to get a few more diverse faces in, perhaps. Jane Kennedy, who is part of the Working Dog crew and has been, you know, a comedian and performer through her life, is currently hosting, uh, is it Drive Time Radio or Breakfast Radio it's in Drive. Melbourne on Triple M? Drive. Yeah. And she she tweeted and it got a few retweets um, basically saying, oh, look, how very exciting for all these men. And look, there's a lady in this picture with a remote control so she can watch all the clever, funny men who have the opportunity to pilot their own shows. Yeah. I just – it just absolutely flabbergasted me because people want to see – women on screen and I was just thinking about who I would want to see someone like Jan Fran who co-hosts the feed absolutely I would love to see her champion and, and SBS, captain her own are you ship. listening totally or a main channel I mean yeah, kudos to SBS but also like I feel like SBS actually punches above its weight in terms of diversity of course I want to see well, they've this. always had to this is the thing and finally the rest of the world is catching up but this, but are they? That's the thing. Well, Someone, no, obviously not. But you know, right, like workplaces are becoming aware that this has just been a middle class white man dude fest for far too long, and they're working ways of, of how to combat it. But then clearly, there's some places that are just completely left behind. Emma Rosciano, <laughs> who is you She'd know, be she, brilliant. She, she can absolutely hold her own. She's Hosting a you know a breakfast radio show herself, Yumi Steins, who yeah. is of course part of Ladies We Need to Talk uh, podcast, ABC podcast, and has done millions of things in life. And I just love hearing from, chatting with, and being around Yumi Steins. I just there's so many opportunities. So it's very I w- I want to say disappointing, but then it sounds like I'm just kind of um, you, you know when you, if you say you're disappointed, it's almost like you accept it. I'm just bored by it. I'm sick yeah, of it. it it's just so it's so boring. It's it, so old. It is old. And I tell you what, um, someone else is a little annoyed by it and she did a magnificent skit for uh, The Weekly. Yeah. Kitty Flanagan. In today's climate, how bad is it going to look if every new show we come up with is fronted by a man? Yeah, but men are good at television because they get to do it all the time. There's no <laughs> precedent for a woman hosting a show. We don't know what she might do. This is pilot week. It's not the time to get all crazy and innovative and take risks. Brilliant. And that was a thing, like you were talking about Fresh Blood before and Fresh Blood did take risks. Like there were some wild ideas in Fresh Blood and only a few of them got up. But this pilot week is so bland. That said, at the end of that skit, she rattles off all the white blokes who are hosting shows and she does take a pot shot at the ABC. And I've got to say, the ABC's got a bit to answer for as well. Yeah. It's Charlie Pickering, the guy that, you know, who hosts the show that she's doing this skit on. It's Tom Ballard, who's a dear friend of ours, but, you know, he's another white bloke. <laughs> and it's, yep. it's, uh, it's Will Anderson. It's all of those names and, and faces that we've seen time and time again and who are all wonderful. And I don't wonderful mind them crowds, having, this, space I don't mind them having those, well. those jobs. But, yeah, let's let's make some other shows that have women as hosts. Just give it a try, guys. You, you'd be surprised. The building doesn't burn down and, you know, it somehow we'll get through this. You're over there and I need to hear.
Oh, Lord. The wonderful Lord over the weekend. Did you hear what went down at Splendour in the Grass? Yeah, there was a wardrobe malfunction. I saw that. And that's Miss Fashion Update. <laughs> that's my fashion update. Lord was wearing something rather stunning, and it got that. I think Triple J posted that, and I said, "Oh, that looks like fashion. I'll look at that." Fashion. And um, and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff went down at Splendor, i.e., performers playing music and young people getting off their nuts to Absolutely. that music. <laughs> the fact, the fact that you mentioned her wardrobe malfunction is, I think, testament to what I'm about to talk to you about, which is. This idea that festivals are about headlines and small moments more these days than about solid sets and, you know, moments and chances to see a new band and their whole set and really get excited by something. All the stuff that I saw coming out because I wasn't there this year and I've been there for many, many times. And it's obviously, you know, everything changes and festivals morph in different ways because the audience for Splendour will always be a young audience. There's always a period of renewal because it's kind of that core demographic of like on average, you know, 18 to 25, 26-year-olds, people who want to camp and get loose and all that sort of stuff. And that's great. It's always a new thing for a new audience, which is awesome. But the way that people have experienced Splendour, I think, has changed a bit. And things like, you know, Lord's covering Powderfingers, My Happiness got a lot of reaction Murray, the Red Wiggle, joining DZ Death oh, Rays. That's an amazing. See, I think that's ACDC. an amazing moment in Australian music. <laughs> but it's a, I, I kind of, I don't know, the little, little cynical muscle in me arced up a little bit because I just wasn't seeing that much coverage of, oh, and that person, you know, apart from Kendrick, which was the most anticipated set of the weekend, there wasn't that much talk about the music. And maybe I sound old-fashioned and crotchety, but it just felt like it was all headline stuff, little moments, and, you know, you were there for that little moment and it was less about the experience of the music. I don't know. Do I sound like I'm kind of saying, no, it's not me, it's just the children who are wrong. Come on over here, Giles, and uh, (laughs) pop a rug on your knee. I've got some crochet. We can both have a go at My name's Beryl, nice to meet you. Pop on over. I've got a a cup of uh, Nescafe blend... What do we drink? Blend, uh, what's it called? 43. 43. Blend 43. I can't even remember. It's me dementia, <laughs> love. Um, but what's going on with you? You're feeling creaky in the in the Stop in the, the spinal area. Is that You're what's so going mean. on? Are you creaky? Can you bend over, Dals? If you can't bend over, well, you can't. Sixty nine. Then, if that's the case, but <laughs> come on, Dals. Come on, Beryl, get out. Get her out. She's inappropriate. <laughs> it's like I'm in the exorcist all of a sudden. <laughs> Where did Miffy go? She's gone now. Um, Dan, I actually think it's just what the problem is at the moment. I think all those moments still happen. They surely must happen for the people at the festivals. But the problem is everyone who presents the media from the festival and, you know, within that, that's it's just a whole changing landscape. The media portrayal of what we see if we don't attend is about those moments and they're small moments. So we only see those moments simply because they're the ones that people deem to be important enough. And I still think those They're moments the happen. Yeah, they surely happen. But, you know, and, and we are far more headline-driven than we ever were in this in this culture that we exist in where everything is run by clicks and likes and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So I do feel like all the same stuff is still going on. It's just the bulk of what we are presented with if we don't attend from various media outlets. It's pretty much just the headline stuff. And as long as you keep that filter on, I, I feel like all that other stuff still happens. All, those, right, all those beautiful moments, you know, when you, 
you really you've had a you're a bit tired and emotional. You've had a long day, and it's it's Sunday, and you went too hard on Saturday night. And you went and found yourself in a tiny tent, and you sat in a chair up the back because you couldn't stand up, and uh, and and you've you know experienced something incredible. And you and thirty five people on a smaller stage, I still think that stuff definitely happens. No one's reporting about the TP forest, but for me, that's my spiritual heartland, and I always, <laughs> always have moments to remember in the TP. Oh, really? Yeah, tell I love us. the TP. Tell us what's happening. The, te- the, the TP forest is much like Comfest, which was a festival mm, I used yeah. to attend. Yeah, I know you'd know it. It was on oh, the Murray. Yeah, there was drop um, toilets. That's what I remember. <laughs> drop toilets. And I'll drop never toilets go very see through hessian material. Drop, you could drop li- unisex toilets too. And look, I don't mind. I don't mind doing number ones around people, but like. Not around a gentleman, you you know, if a gentleman walks in who you might be interested in or a lady and... You don't want to do a poo next to him? No. No one wants that? No. Conf- but much like Confest, uh, at, in the TP Forest, strangers are just friends you haven't met yet and you make a lot of friends at the TP mm. Forest. You have some deep conversations at the TP Forest. <laughs> there might not be headliners. There's no Kendrick Lamar at the TP Forest, <laughs> but there is something just as mind-blowing. Love the TP Forest. It's called acid. <laughs> <laughs> People have been taking it for years. Um, good. Sorry, I got a little oh, sidetracked there. Yeah, sorry. Beryl was, Beryl was the main problem for that. Is Beryl coming back, is she? Yeah, yes, stars, I'm still here. <laughs> I've been here for ages. You just, I just, it takes me a while to get over to the microphone. Do I smell oh. food? Hope so. We're talking food, aren't we, right now? You putting some lunch on for me? Yeah. Got your toasty on the cooker now, ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> um, great piece that you drew my attention to this week in the New York Times about um, music in restaurants. That was Moonlight Mile, which is one of the lesser-known songs from a very famous Rolling Stones album called Sticky Fingers. And it was one of the songs kind of mentioned in this great article, uh, Frank Falcinelli, who is a chef at... Prime Meats and Frankies in New York City talking about what when you what will you do when you playlist for a restaurant and how he likes to play deep cuts from well-known records. So go for the less obvious. And I really love this piece that you share with me, Miff, yeah. because it's like music is so important to every experience that I have, but I have had some incredible meals spoiled by oh. shit playlists. We will get to that because I have too. <laughs> um, the article is called Annoyed by Restaurant Playlists, A Master Musician Made His Own. And we're talking about Ryuchi Sakamoto, who is one of the most incredible composers. He's been making music for since the late 70s, a founding member of Yellow Magic Orchestra, kind of this cult electro-pop trio. He's done music for films, for dance floors, concert halls, everything, video games. He is, he is a master of his craft. And the story is about him going off to one of his favourite restaurants. I think it's in Murray Hill in New York. And, well, he loves the food, but he hated the music. And... Such a considered gentleman decided rather than, you know, never go back there again because he loves the food at this Japanese restaurant, he wrote them an email and then promised or offered to compose a playlist for them. And I say thank you, Raichi Sakamoto, because if you can do that for them, you need to nationalise or internationalise this and sell it to every freaking restaurant, most that we go to all the time because it's – he believes that music is – should – give you a feeling of, um, well, you should be able to sort of transcend 
the place when you're eating food and it's it's a very it's a wonderful holistic way of looking at music and food and I completely agree with him. There's something in the science of it too. I remember years ago I had a special guest on during Dr. Carl's Science Hour and he was, I forget his name, but he was a scientist and a food scientist who'd actually been working with Heston Blumenthal, who does a lot of experimentations with food and fine dining. And at the time he was working with Heston on the idea of singing plates. So he had plates that they'd serve the food on and they sang to you as in they were there was music coming out of the plates. And it does actually affect, like it taps yeah. into your brain and it's, it's you know it's a sense so hearing and taste all of it what you're looking at obviously there's a reason food looks a certain way and it's not just mush and it feels a certain way in terms of its texture these all of these things uh, have a have a play in how you're experiencing this food and music is as important and i just thought that was so cool and also the the fact that you can you can get it so wrong or so right like yeah. it just completely changes an experience i i tip my cap to rachi sakamoto because i've thought many times about actually having a word <laughs> to stern her <laughs> and just saying hey um I, I could help you. Do you want me to do a playlist for you? But I thought that's too rude to do that. No, that's, but one, of our, like, that's one of our side hustles, Zan. <laughs> I think we need to start up a business with a Z. This is where we do T-shirts and do playlists for restaurants. Bang on lunchbox. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good, see. Side bang hustle. on boxes. Bang on. Bang on. Um, bang on buffet. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you. I love it when you scribble down ideas in the middle of our podcast. Bang on Bane Marie. It's like every every Bang fam who is with us right now and they just know that, yeah, sure, we're banging on about the week, but we're also hatching plans for our personal businesses mm. on mm. your time. Mm. So thanks for being patient with us. <laughs> oh, that's of, another good idea there. None of these will ever come to fruition. I'll just <laughs> add it to the list. But it, what ideation it, sessions. Yeah. Every Bang on is an ideation it's session. It's just our blue, blue sky. <laughs> session bang on it's all we do here we dreams. just dreams yeah we just talk dreams. about our dreams and our hopes um what he's really wrote she's really hit on though with uh, wanting to compose a playlist is most restaurants don't even think about it and when they do they still get it wrong there's there's this real disconnect in so many places between what you were talking about that sense of in indulging all of the senses getting that feeling of you know I think Mariucci quoted it as transcendence or liftoff if, as you eat food. Like it's a it's a f- whole experience and everyone gets it wrong. I, I've been to so many places where the food is magnificent, presented extraordinary, extraordinarily, and the music is like dance floor bangers from yeah. on a Saturday night from 2011. And or it's like when you walk into Topshop, that kind of music. Yeah, it's just it's awful. Like, and I cannot believe. Sure, the chefs probably love it out in the kitchen because it keeps them up. You know, it's that kind of feeling. But you don't need it as a diner. And add to that. Now, I, now I sound like an old lady. But add to that the noise of restaurants as well. Is it's it's actually quite unpleasant. And I really think that so many restaurants have not clued onto this at all. And it's time to change it. Yeah. So bang on botch- boxes. We're here for you. Yeah, we are here. Bang on buffet. <laughs> So fun, so fun. Oh, Whitney, Murphy, are you banging on about what I think you're banging on about? I am going to, and it's a tragic bang on, but 
Such a necessary bang on. Um, the Whitney documentary, the new Whitney doco that's on screens around the country right now. Just go and see it. Not only for her extraordinary talent, which I think was at the time because she did cheesy pop, was underestimated by those who thought they had taste. Um, you know, she was such a huge success and to watch that rise was magical but then to see the downfall of, like, this extraordinary talent, like, so incredible, her talent. It's You cannot quantify the depth of of her skill when it comes to singing and it's just such a tragic film and a tragic documentary and it was yeah it's it's not a fun watch as you know because the outcome is is terrible she died at the age of 48 um mm. with a lot of drugs in her system and yeah, it's just a terribly tragic tragic tale um that yeah it's one of the, it's it's hard to recommend but I want people to see it and uh you've seen it haven't you Zan? Yeah, it's so compelling. It's mm. like it's a two-hour documentary, and that is a decent stretch of time for people sharing stories and a lot of talking heads. But the use of archival footage, and particularly in those early days, when, as you say, you see this teenage woman who is has been trained by her mum Sissy, who is also a singer from a young age. So their vocal range is nuts, and there's opportunities. There's little. Nuggets like basically at the time in the 80s, Whitney is just kind of champing at the bit to get out there. She's seeing other girls sing in a way that she wants to and thinking, I can do it better. And Sissy's holding her back going, no, you'll have a long career if you do it right. And just this incredible guidance, but also just training the strength of her voice. And then, of course, she comes out and explodes mm. and becomes – and then the bodyguard happens. I'd forgotten because that oh. it felt like she was always famous, but the bodyguard really just kicked her up into another level. Yeah. And it's just amazing to watch all of that archival footage and heartbreaking as well. And then to watch the decline and, you know, the, the marriage with Bobby Brown and, and her, her troubled past, very, very troubled past. Yeah. Um, There's things in this film that you don't – haven't heard before, which yeah. are quite intense. Yeah. But also, again, and as we mark seven years since Amy Winehouse died too, I, I was watching this film and just thinking, how many more of these movies do we have to watch where these women who are so insanely talented, like beyond earthly talent, how, we, how many more do we watch before somebody stops this, whether it be the industry that surrounds them? A whole bunch of people were enabling Whitney, as far as we can gather, uh, it, so they could keep their jobs, uh, not and just family not members, just family, like, same just like, like Amy, but yeah, but also record companies. And I walked out of that movie just going, "Why am I supporting this industry?" Like, I really had a quite a deep crisis when I walked out of that. Mm. I mean, I think about how horribly these women have been treated, and it's so much to do with the business, and it's so much to do with the industry, and just made me really, really sad. It's Yeah, it's made me question a lot of things. Dark watch, but a worthy watch. Yeah, I highly recommend too. I'm glad that you banged on about that. Yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant documentary. What are you banging on about? I'm banging on about another awesome documentary of a woman who is going strong. She is, how old is she? She's 85. She is an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. So she's one of the Supreme Court Justices and she's the, I think, only female. Maybe there's one other woman on the 
on the Supreme Court. But she's this amazing woman who came into uh, the Supreme Court at the time of Bill Clinton. She was sworn in, took the oath of office, and has just had this incredible life of, uh, you know, fighting for not only what she believes in, but what is right and what is legally right. And up against the odds, I mean, she basically tells the story of how when she was in law school, men came up to her and said to her face, why are you here? Why are you taking the place of a man? Why are you, you know, filling up oh. space where a man could be sitting, you know, because obviously well, given you're not going to have a career. Would, yeah, given her age too, she would have been one of the very few. She was literally the first person in class, I think, that she went to uh, Columbia, to Cornell and then to Columbia. She was the per- first uh, woman to study law there in her class. So just a woman who's pushed against so much discrimination throughout her whole life and is just a baller. She's this like very slight... Uh, you know, 85-year-old woman who just, you know how you meet some women and they don't need to speak loudly to hold power? She just is very contained, obviously incredibly intelligent and thinks deeply about all the decisions that she has to make. And I love this documentary because you could see how much this, you know, woman who's been around for decades now is rallying young people in America, which is awesome to see. She's a trailblazer, but she's also such a role model to women who are, you know, decades and decades younger than her. But it's also while we're looking at this current climate in America, and when this film was made, they wouldn't have known that one of the Supreme Court judges was going to retire and now Donald Trump needs to pick a new one. And there's a lot of discussion around who he will pick, what they'll do with Roe v. Wade, all of that stuff, whether it'll be conservative that rolls back the rights of gay people, of women, et cetera, et cetera. They wouldn't have known that when they were making it, but it is such a timely film to see right now and also just such an incredibly inspiring film. Just go see it. It's really fun. It's heartfelt. It's really interesting when you think about what we hear about the U.S. Supreme Court way more than we hear about the Australian Supreme Court. Obviously, there's a lot of contentious political things that happen. It would be the same here, but for some reason we hear about it more and I think this gives you a great grounding into just why it matters and some of the big decisions that can be made on the behalf of a very small amount of people who are making these calls that can affect laws. So uh, RBG is brilliant. It opens, um, if you're listening to Bang On, the day that we do it, July the 26th, then it opens today and um, see it while it's in the cinemas because it'll it'll make you scream and cry and punch the air. Like it's so good, Miffy. You will love this. You will love this film. So good. That's brilliant. Thank you. So good. Yeah. Oh, I'm spent. Yeah. Assume positions out of 69, ready for 70. <laughs> ready to go. I've been meaning to do this and I always forget because we just, we honestly don't plan anything and we just do like talking to each other and mm. Bang Boy records it. It's very loose. Mm. But um, if you do love Bang On, can you throw us a little rating and a review on iTunes? Because that really helps other people find the podcast. And we love the Bang Fam. We really do want to make it the biggest Bang Gang of them all. Mm. And on that note, on our 69th show, let's just leave it there, shall we? Bang. 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 Bang on. Really did crowbar a lot of 69s into there, didn't I? (laughs) You did. Really did bang on about them. You did. I loved it. Well done. Double J.